Welcome to the 36th and 37th anniversary of the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers and Illustrators of the Future. And for our thousands of internet viewers worldwide, we have gathered this evening at the Taglian Complex in Hollywood, California. Welcome, everyone, to the newly rebranded podcast, Contents May Vary. I'm Angie Fiedler-Sutton, and I'm a proud fangirl geek with pieces published in Stage Directions, Den of Geek, The Mary Sue, and more. Settle down for my latest episode covering the 2021 Writers and Illustrators of the Future Award. In October 2021, I did my first red carpet in almost two years and attended the ceremony for both the 2020 and 2021 Writers and Illustrators of the Future Award. If you follow my website, you know that I did a pretty complete write-up in December. But there's always bits that either don't translate well to the written word or things that I want to include in the text but just don't make it for one reason or another. So, what you're about to listen to is sort of a behind-the-scenes of that article. Interviews with judges, writers, and illustrators, as well as some clips from the ceremony itself that I felt was worth sharing for the emotion that you could hear in the voice. First up, for those unfamiliar with the awards, is John Goodwin, president of Galaxy Press. Okay, my name is John Goodwin. I'm the president of Galaxy Press, and I'm happily releasing a book tonight. I should hope so. Uh, Tell me a little bit, for, for those who may be unfamiliar, tell me, you know, the basic spiel. So, Writers of the Future was a contest created by Elvin Hubbard in 1983, and we're now nearly four decades old. And so tonight we're, we're welcoming into the professional world of science fiction and fantasy 12 new writers and 12 new illustrators from Volume 37. But because of COVID, last year we had to postpone the event, so this is the first time we've had a combined event with Volume 36 and 37 winners. So, save for winners who were... Uh, unable to get in because of, of uh, borders being closed. We've got winners in Australia, South Africa, Iran, Japan, um, Portugal, Spain, UK. That will come next year, hopefully, when uh, the borders are back open. I have to make the joke, how many stories revolved around pandemics of some sort? In volume 36, is actually a few, but 37 is surprisingly light now because of the very reason of the pandemic. We need some there's a lot of chill factor in volume 37. What would be your one tip for future entrants as to what to do? Well, the main thing to do is to enter the contest. The worst that's going to happen is that you're going to get uh, an email saying, thank you very much for your entry. Please enter again. But it's free to enter. All, you know, all writers and artists maintain rights to their work. Um, the winners are flown out to Hollywood for a week-long workshop. This week we were in, in Hollywood at the Roosevelt Hotel. And then this year the gala right here at the Tagaline Complex also. And it's, um, it's an amazing start to uh, hopefully a wonderful career. We'll, we'll match them effort for effort. If they want to become a writer or an illustrator, we have all the judges who are themselves are the top writers and top artists in the industry who are there willing to help them. They're the only ones that do the judging, and the judging is blind. So all they see is the art or the story and a number. So they don't know if they're male, female, nationality, anything. It's just strictly by merit alone that they won. And then um, just where people, where people can find Galaxy Press, all that fun stuff. So you can go to writersofthefuture.com, which has the how to enter the writer contest, how to enter the winner contest. You can see all the different books that we've released. We also have a forum, an award-winning forum. We've got a podcast 
Uh, we've got um, a free online writing course that's taught by our judges, Orson Scott Card, who wrote Ender's Game. We've got Tim Powers, who wrote On Stranger Tides, which was made into that movie with Johnny Depp, and Dave Wolverton, who's written multiple uh, Star Wars books, and they teach it with videos. Awesome. Um, and then anything else that you wanted to make sure gets put in? Yes. If you're an aspiring writer or an aspiring artist, you're not going to be able to uh, get any... Uh, you can, you're not going to be able to make it into the industry if you don't write or submit your art. And um, so that's what it's all about here is doing that. And you get better and better and better, but you're not going to find people that are going to like judge you negatively. You're going to get some support and help. Yeah, I'm John M. Campbell. I'm an author uh, and winner of the Writers of the Future contest for 2021. And how many times have you entered before this? I've entered twice before, so this was my third entry. And what would you say was different about this time than your other times? Well, the other times I, you know, was starting writer and I've gotten a little bit better as I go along. And, and then uh, I got to know a couple of guys from the science fiction book club in, in Denver, where I am, that had won the contest before. And they said, you know, you really ought to enter it again. And I had a story that I really loved and turns out they loved it too. So it was fun. What do you feel is the hardest part of writing for you? Uh, well, the hardest part of writing, I think, is getting it to the point where I'm satisfied with the ending. I feel like it's compelling for the reader. It has an emotional message to it. Uh, that's taken a while to get to that point where I can do that. And the easiest? Well, I've always got ideas. I'm an engineer, and I read a lot of science, and so I get some good ideas that I think would make good stories, but then... Making them compelling and emotional is the secret that I had to learn as I came along. Now, I'm sure you've heard the meme that there are two types of writer, plotters and pantsers. Are you a plotter or a pantser? Oh, I'm a definite plotter. I'm, <laughs> as an engineer, I need to do all the analysis and research up front and then kind of figure out how am I going to start, wh where's the story going to end. And so I kind of do that, do a lot of brainstorming about what are the ups and downs that will face the character in, in that journey? So I do all that work up front, and then I put it together and do one final or some final edits to get the flow perfect. And then oh, tell me one memory from this week that, you know, one, one thing that you're going to take away forever. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the writers will talk about the 24-hour story that we had to write. We were given a an object that we could use to prompt our uh, story. And then the fact that we had to get it done in 24 hours and I was able to do it, but I think some of the writers were just amazing at it and uh, I was really impressed with them. And then where can people find you social media wise? Yeah, I've got a website, johnmcampbell.com. It's J-O-H-N-M and then Campbell, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L.com. And that's, you can see uh, what I've been doing, what places you can find stories that I've written in the past. My name is Brittany Rainston. I am a writer winner. I'm a published finalist for volume 37 of L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. And where are you from? I'm from Blackfoot, Idaho. Awesome. Um, is this your first time entering? No, this is number, I guess, 15 for this one. Wow. What would you say was different about this one than all your other entries? I guess I don't know what I could say that, that's different. I think it was just persistence, you know, and continually getting, I guess, having 
good critique groups. I have a mentor, Wolf Moon, who has helped me look at a lot of my stories. That's helpful. I think that to me, the story was a special story, though. It was more of a heart story, you know. So maybe that is what's different is that. Now, you've heard the meme that for writers, there are uh, plotters and pantsers. Are you a plotter or a pantser? I lean towards pantsing. I'm, I'm learning to plot, but you know, yes, I, I, I've been a pantser. As a pantser myself, I heartily encourage it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I never ask where you get your ideas from because I know it varies, but maybe give me an idea of kind of what your inspirations are. So for this particular story, we do trees in our backyard. When we bought our house, there was absolutely nothing. It was totally barren. And we've planted trees every year. I garden, grow tomatoes, apples, our apple tree and pear tree made fruit this year. So, you know, my story is kind of a nature story. And one memory from this past uh, week that you'll take away forever. Oh, gosh, they critiqued my story during the workshop and... I don't know, it was just really cool to hear the things that the judges would say about, you know, my story and my writing, and I will treasure that forever. That was cool. And then what's next on your plate? Continue to write stories. I have four kids at home, and we'll just write and take care of my kids. And then where can people find you, social media, blog, website, whatever? So I do have a website. It is rainstonwrites.com. And you can find out more about me there. I also have a Facebook page, uh, Brittany Rainston Author. You should find me there. Here's an excerpt of her acceptance speech. I'm here. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> this week has been amazing. I want to thank my um, friend and mentor, Wolf Moon. He's spent a lot of time uh, helping me critiquing my stories and um, giving me really good advice. One of the best pieces of advice he told me to do was to take a sticky note and put it by my computer and write on it, belief becomes reality. And I did, and sometimes that's been hard to believe, but you know, the fact that I'm here tonight, that, uh, that proves I'm right. <laughs> I want to um, thank my family, my parents, without whom I would not be here today. Um, they're watching my, um, my four kids who are at home, and um, I miss them. <laughs> they have richer imaginations than I do. And um, they make me a better person, a better writer. And anyway, um, I also want to thank um, my husband, who told me a long time ago that, um, <laughs> sorry, he told me a long time ago that part of his dreams was to help me reach mine. And he's done that. Um, I have um, two pieces of advice for any um, aspiring writers out there listening. Um, surround yourself with good, kind of lifting people. They are what helped get me here. And um, number two, to be an uplifting person yourself. For me, um, we, you know, we achieve more together. And for me, that's been exactly what this contest is about. So thank you. Uh, my name is Leah Ning, and I am one of the winners for Writers of the Future, Volume 36. How many times have you entered before? My winning entry was my second entry. Awesome, nice. That's rare and far between from what I understand. What would you say was different about this one than the last one? 
so the last one was my first short story, my first writing at all since I had taken a break for about eight years. So I would think the first one I was kind of blowing the rust off and then the second one I really kind of buckled down and looked at some writing advice and read some books and made sure that this one really was going to have the impact it needed to have. As a writer myself, I always like to ask the meme, there's two types of writers, right? Uh, pl plotters or pantsers. Are you a plotter or a pantser? I am a pantser all the way. Yay, pantsers! I hate to say where do you get your ideas because I know it just depends, but in terms of like writing inspirations. Writing inspirations. So usually what I end up doing is I have this giant note in my phone that's just full of random little like phrases that like my, made my writer brain perk up. And eventually, sometimes a few of them will smack together and they'll turn into a story. Tell me one of your favorite memories from this past week or two of the conference thing. Oh, geez, there's so many of them. <laughs> I think probably one of my favorite memories would have to be... Um, Honestly, some of my favorite memories are coming from BarCon because we all would just hang out at the pool bar after hours, like once all classes were over and people would just hang out and chat and everybody here is a writer, well, or an illustrator, but most of the people I was hanging out with were writers. So it was really nice to just hang out with people who are of a similar mindset because it kind of makes you feel like you're at home a little bit and everybody is so nice. <laughs> Where can people find you? People can find me, um, I have a website, leahning.com, and I have a Twitter, at leahning. What are your plans for the future? My plans for the future are, I am currently writing a novel, I've got a few short stories coming out soon, In um, I've got one coming out in Spirit Machine, and I've got one that's going to come out in Cosmas Infinities, and hopefully I am going to start querying that novel soon. Leah had this advice in her acceptance speech. For the writers who are still submitting to this contest, Keep entering. You never know when you're going to win. Join the forum. They are lovely people. They will help you out. They are super good at critiques. And write your heart. Don't let anybody tell you what to write, because otherwise you're going to be bored, and so is everybody else. <laughs> uh, my name is Zach B. I'm a writer. I was in volume 36 for Writers of the Future. Volume 36 and 37 are both here. We've mixed together because we didn't get this gala last year. Gee, I don't know why. Yeah. It's not like anything was going on. Can't think of a reason. <laughs> yeah. How many times had you entered before? I entered probably seven times, maybe eight. And, uh, and uh, the funny thing is, this story, I was like, shoot, this quarter's almost over. I better put something in. I put it in, and then I went and read the rules, and it was like, our stories really need to be for, you know, teens and, you know, broad audience. I thought, crap, there's some sexual content in my story. I just wasted a quarter, and then here I am. <laughs> now, I've been asking all the writers, uh, you know, the meme that there are two types of writers, uh, plotters and pantsers. Are you a plotter or a pantser? I'm a pantser. Yes, I am a pantser, which has its downsides sometimes. Yes, yes. I don't ask where do you get your ideas, because I know that that's, it could be anywhere. I but tell you. Where do you get your inspiration? Where do you go to refill your creative well? Mm. So I go on adventures is a way to answer that question. I don't necessarily go back to other books. I try to get out and do something and kind of get my body working. And this week we had to do a 24-hour story, right? They gave us, they gave everybody a, a, an object. Uh, you know, uh, mine was a dried out bean. Other people got like a magnifying glass or whatever. It said, 24 hours, write a story. Be back here tomorrow by 2 p.m. First thing I did was hop on the train to the beach and go and go watch the sunset which took six hours to get there because of how LA works but that was where I got the inspiration from and lo and behold there's a bunch of 
sunburnt beach bums in the story that I wrote. <laughs> that reminds me, where are you from? I'm from Washington, D.C. Awesome. Favorite memory from the past week and a half? Ooh, favorite memory. The first thing that comes to mind was that trip to the beach I was just talking about. Also, though, there's been so many amazing presentations from all these authors that are the judges for the contest. And they do a really great job of giving us ideas about how we could be traditionally published, how we could be indie published, and how you can really make a career either way. So it's hard to pick one of those because everyone keeps saying it's like a water hose in your mouth, right? Just right? There's so much information coming in. It's just been amazing. And then where can people find you? You're going to love this. ZachB.com. <laughs> it's easy, easy as could be. That's Z-A-C-K. So Z-A-C-K-B-E dot com. Uh, my name is Storm Humbert. I am a writer winner for volume 36. And is this your first time entering? Uh, no, it's not my first time entering. Okay, how many times? Uh, I've entered four times. I won on the fourth try. Awesome. And what would you say is different about this entry than the others? I think it was more, it had a better arc to it. I think it was easier to follow and it had a better hit the points, resolve the conflict, and carry that kind of emotional impact than my previous entries did. And where are you from? I'm from Northwest Ohio. Are you a pantser or a plotter? I'm a pantser, 100%. A lot of those this year. I hate to ask where you get your ideas because I know it just varies, but where do you go to refill your creative well, your inspiration well? I read other writers. If I'm writing a novel, I read novels. If I'm writing a short story, I read short stories. And read nonfiction, read the news, read essays, especially scientific essays if you're going to write science fiction. But there's so much out in the world that is stranger than fiction that you can mess with and play with and be inspired by that it's, there's just an endless fountain of inspiration out there. What would you say is your favorite memory of working uh, during the conference? Probably just constantly being around writers that I admire. Like just not a single moment, but sitting at the bar and talking to Dean Musley Smith or Nancy Crass or Dave Farland and they're just, they're right there. I can talk, or Tim Powers. I can just hang out with Tim Powers. It's incredible. Awesome, and then where can people find you? My website is www.stormhumbertwrites.com. That has my bio and links to my published work. Storm gave a great speech. Here's just some of it. This contest is amazing because it provides validation in a business that is so full of rejection, and that's really special. Nothing does what this contest does, so everyone that works for it is doing something irreplaceable for the community. I want to thank the judges and instructors. Uh, I'm the product of an incredibly lucky streak of good teachers, and good teachers are so important. They change lives, and so I want to thank you all for everything you do and everything you've given to this contest and to us this week. I'm honored to be a part of this group of incredibly talented writers and illustrators, and I'm excited to see how we carry forward and shape the future of the genres that we love. Hi, I'm Max. I'm an illustrator for Volume 36. Where are you from? I'm from Turkey. How many times have you entered the contest before? Just once. Your first time? Wow. What is your favorite memory from the past week and a half of these trainings and whatnot? Oh, definitely meeting people. These people are going places and networking is important. <laughs> I don't want to say where do you get your inspiration because that's you know thing, but what do you do to kind of refill your creative well? I play games. I like games a lot. I get inspired from games. Video games, board games, both? Both. Oh, what's your favorite? Uh, Black Ops 3. Tell me something that uh, if you could talk to yourself when you were getting ready to enter, what would be the one thing you would tell yourself? 
Uh, I would tell myself to read the rules more carefully because I made a mistake of submitting all my drawings in black and white. And yeah, they were in color. They were supposed to be in color, but <laughs> you know. And then where can people find you? Uh, on Instagram, it's arch.from.max. Arch.from.max, but with dots in between. Max, who is the first winner from Turkey, an illustrated Leonin story, had a heartwarming speech. Here's a little bit of it. You see, I'm from Turkey, and uh, from a small town in Turkey to L.A., I cannot express how thankful I am, how grateful I, grateful I am, but I'll give it my best shot. But most importantly, I would like to say thank you to my parents. I'm very grateful for them. The parents that supported me through thick and thin, in a country that didn't care about art and dreams. I'm thankful that they said that it was okay, that I could do what I did, and I'm grateful that they sacrificed everything they had so that I could be here today. Of course, what would a contest be without judges? I was able to interview some of the writer and illustrator judges as well. I'm Steve Sterling. I publish under S.M. Sterling. I'm a writer, and uh, this year is my first as a judge here at Writers of the Future. Awesome. Were there any similar themes that you saw in any of the entries? Uh, I didn't actually get to read them this year because I was only brought on board a couple of months ago. Okay. Question I've been asking all the writers. Are you a plotzer or a pantser? I'm a pantser. Yay! It comes to me naturally, and I generally don't go in the wrong direction with a book. Some people need the scaffolding of a plot, some people just prefer it, and some people just wing it. I wing it. What would you say is, if you could travel in time and talk to yourself as you were just entering writing, what would you tell yourself in terms of tips and tricks? I'd tell myself to look up the lady I eventually married earlier. But uh, what would I tell? I'd say don't get discouraged, but then I didn't. I was uh, unjustifiably confident. Okay, well then what kind of tips and tricks for, for newbies entering the field? Don't try to do this unless you really have to do it. I tell myself that it's what I would do in my spare time if I had to work for a living. But as it is, I get to work at my hobby and I get up every morning and say, oh goody, I get to work today, which is a privilege. Awesome. And then where can people find you if they want to learn more? Uh, I'm on Amazon under Sterling, Sterling with an I, initial S, initial M. I publish under SM because when I published my first book, they asked me what name to put on it. And I said, oh, just do it the same way I signed the contract. And those, so for several years, everyone thought I was female because I was publishing under my initials. I had no idea that was the case, but apparently that was a common thing. Yep. Okay, awesome. Anything that you would like to say that I haven't asked? Writers of the Future really does something very valuable here by giving new writers a chance to actually see the light of publication. It's a hard field to break into. There are a lot of very talented young people trying to, and markets and outlets are not as common as they should be. So Writers of the Future is doing something very valuable here, and I'm glad to be involved with it. I'm Larry Niven. I've been writing for 50-odd years. How long have you been judging the contest? 36 years. And what would you say is different this year than previous entry year's entries? It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> We've got two years' worth of winners to be introduced and given their awards. Everything that took too long on previous years is going to take twice as long. Now, I've been asking all the writers, are you a pantser or a plotter? See to my pants. Awesome. Yay! I don't like asking where you, pe where you get your ideas. As a writer myself, I know that that's a stupid question. But in terms of inspiration, tell me some of my, you know, where do you normally go to to refill that well? Where do I go to to, to fill that well? Well, here. I need conversations to get me started. I'm not a self-starter. I need something to prod my imagination. It's often talking to other writers. 
And then what piece of advice would you give future people who want to enter the contest? You've got everything going for you. Keep trying, keep trying until you, you make it. One more thing. Uh, once you've won the awards, you're back in the real world where writing is difficult and getting into the field is tough. You've been obviously writing for a while. What would you say is not different about today, but better today than it was when you were first starting out? That's a good question. Let's say the, uh, the discoveries of the past 50 years have been immensely rewarding in terms of imagination. There's a lot more to see these days. Awesome. And then in case people don't know where to find you, where, where can people find you? Uh, any bookstore, I think. Are you on social media? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? Oh, find me. Yes. Con science fiction conventions. <laughs> Several. This is Kevin J. Anderson, the uh, author of many Star Wars books and Dune books and comics, and uh, just finished my new epic fantasy, Spine of the Dragon. And I am geeking out with Angie Fiedler-Sutton. Want to support the podcast on my website? Be sure to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you use, as well as podchaser.com. You can also support me financially through my Ko-fi account. You can find me there and on various other social media platforms with the handle Angie F. Sutton. Finally, be sure to sign up for my monthly newsletter and see links to my social media and all the places you can listen to the podcast over at my website, AngieFSutton.com. And now, back to the writers and illustrators of the Future Awards from October 2021. I'm Jody Lynn Nye. I'm one of the writer judges for the Writers of the Future contest. I've been with it for five years, and I am the author of both of these stories with the cover illustration for both books of thir uh, volumes 36 and 37. But I was privileged to work with Echo Chernick, who is the wonderful artist who produced these. It's been an unusual thing to have happen with this because normally every story that you contribute to this is a one and done. Mm -hmm. But in this case, the character continues on into the next story. Awesome. What struck you about some of the entries that you saw this year? Amazingly good work. I, I am always impressed year after year with how there's there's a, a marked improvement for each of the the writers uh, as, as they're coming along they read one another's stories they read the stuff that came before and I think that it affects them to the point where they feel that they need to rise the occasion it makes a big big difference so I, I saw so many that are of professional grade already one of your favorite memories from the past week of working with them how eager they are to learn, how industrious they are. Some of them have already been published. Some of the ones that were published in volume 36, last year's winners, have gone on to already sell other stories and have big plans. They have novels in works. They have projects where they're working with other writers. Like I said, they're very industrious. They're very clever. They're learning their craft. They're improving their craft. And at the same time, they're still willing to listen, and we are here to be a resource for them, so we want them to be as fit for the job as they can be. Nancy Crest gave them a talk on what I wish somebody had told me when I was coming up, and I was, I've been trying to give them the idea of what to present to people like yourself who are interviewing them, and you're going to, you're going to have some of them come up, and I know that it will have gone straight out of their heads because this is the first time they're facing a microphone. But it's all to the good. Every step that they take towards being a consummate professional is a good one. Anything that they don't have to relearn is good for them. 
they've got so much ahead of them. They have a lot of promise. If you want to hear more from Jody, go listen to episode 50, which is a one-on-one interview with her. And now, on to Echo, who, as Jody mentioned, did the illustrations of the stories from the two volumes. My name is Echo Chernick, and I'm the coordinating judge of the Illustrators of the Future. And how many years have you done this contest? Uh, this will be my fifth year. Awesome. Obviously, last year they didn't do it because of the, the pandemic, and they're doubling up this year. But what would you say is different this year than previous years in terms of entries? Well, first of all, we're doing two years instead of the one year. So, and I also did the covers for both of the anthologies as well. So what's different this year rather than last year? Well, we don't have a lot of the uh, people from overseas here, unfortunately. A lot of the winners that won from Turkey and Portugal and even England can't be here this year. So that's a big difference. But they're going to be allowing them to come down and, and experience the workshop next year that they missed this year. Favorite memory from this past week uh, working with these? Oh, I always, there's so many memories working with the different illustrators. I love seeing their artwork and I love the big reveal. I think that's my favorite when they put all the artwork out and all the writers come in and walk around and get to see which one of their illustrators illustrated their story. And so they walk around and they don't know which one it is. And sometimes they get very emotional and they cry and they hug and they get super, super excited. And then we had, since we had double this year, we had a lot of artwork spread out. And a lot of people were very impressed with it. So I get to art direct all the artists. So I I work hard to make sure that each of them has award-winning quality artwork because they're competing with it for the grand prize. What tips would you give for people who would be entering next year? First of all, enter every quarter. It's free to enter. If you don't get in one quarter, it doesn't mean that you weren't good enough. It just means sometimes we have more entries than others. So definitely enter every single quarter. Also, if it comes between two sets of entries, I always look for somebody that has at least a little bit of illustration in their work that's telling a story because this is an illustrator's contest. So if you have somebody that has beautiful paintings versus somebody that has beautiful paintings of something going on or a scene, I'm going to go for the scene. So Now you did the cover artwork. It was for a story for Jodie Lynn Nye. How much did you interact with her on that or was it all just you by yourself? They invited me to do the cover artwork and they wanted me to create something that would inspire her. And I've worked for many years with artists and art directors and writers. And so I specifically designed something that would be inspirational to her, but not knowing what the story was going to be so that she could take it and run with it. And she took it and she created something different than I had in my head, but not that different. I mean different but different in a good way and uh, she just created a masterful story and then when COVID happened and we lost last year I contacted them again and uh, said well why don't we try to do two covers so that we can link the stories together Um, and we did that we ended up doing the same character on the cover of both the first cover I wanted to it's called the unexpected egg and it has a phoenix shaman that has two eggs instead of one egg that has been left to her and the second egg is supposed to represent the potential of all of the writers and the winners that are here in the the contest. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know how much excellence might be in it. And the second one I wanted to show a little bit more adventure, getting, you know, getting out there and like getting back into the world. And so that's what we did. That's why we had the adventure one for the second one. Where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at echochernick.com or echo-x.com. I'm also on Instagram at just echochernick, E-C-H-O-C-H-E-R-N-I-K. And I have a gallery now in Fairhaven, Washington. And what's next on your plate? Uh, Next on my plate is I have uh, several card decks that I'm working on and some book covers and a personal project. I'm illustrating Maya by Richard Adams, and I'll be doing that on my Patreon, uh, which is the Excalibur Project. So it's patreon.com slash T-H-E-X-C-A-L-I-B-E-R project.com. 
and it's it's going to be all black and white and, and gold interior and it's a, definitely a dream project of mine so and you can you'll also be able to see it on instagram as well uh, i am a judge for the illustrators of the future contest and a past winner and my name is b jackson okay. what would you say is did you see any common themes or any kind of common styles this year Oh, it's a lot of different styles. I've seen uh, children's books illustrations. I've seen uh, science fiction illustrations. A lot of different styles among the winners this year. There's some similarities between illustrating and writing, but some differences, obviously. There is the blank canvas, but usually, you know, you have a general idea of what you're coming. What is your inspirations, typically? Uh, I actually draw a lot of inspiration from movies and video games. A lot of visual inspiration, just seeing what other people come up with and building my own visual library from those resources. So that's usually what comes to mind. I get a lot of inspiration from writing as well, like taking words and combining them and to create a beautiful image. Awesome. Since you were a judge, can you give me some suggestions or tips for people who might want to enter in the future? You've got nothing to lose in entering, <laughs> I would say. And it's a wonderful community. It's an opportunity to meet a lot of different artists, a lot of people that share your same passion if you're interested in art or if you're interested in writing. So I would encourage it for those reasons. Okay, and then where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at begifted.com, and that's B-E-A-G-I-F-T-E-D.com. I'm Dando Santos, and I'm one of the art judges. I'm Tom Wood. I'm also one of the art judges. And uh, how many years have you judged this? This is maybe my third year, but I could be wrong. It's been tricky with COVID, so. Uh, uh, this will be my first year. Since you've done it before, what would you say is different about this year than past years? Well, we actually have a ceremony, but I will say that my experience is limited. As a judge, I'm not a coordinating judge. I really just show up. They send me the artwork. I get to look at it, see what I like, and that's the end of my duties. So it's really everybody else is doing all the heavy lifting. And why did you get involved? Well, I've known Galaxy Press and the people that run it for about 10 years. They've always painted a very pleasant picture of and you know, talk about all the stuff they're doing for the up-and-coming artists and writers. And they convinced me to come out and try to be a part of it and, and uh, pay it forward. Uh, and then you worked with the, the illustrators this week as well? We both have, yes. yes. Favorite memory of working this week? I only got to lecture them yesterday, but it's, you know, it's this kind of stuff that's my favorite memories. Really, like, not the workshop stuff, but getting to see them all dressed up and being social and meeting new young artists is where it's at for me. Mm. I would think my favorite part was, you know, after you lecture, and I've done, I've lectured at several high schools and art classes, but knowing that they've paid enough attention that they want to come up to you after class and they, you know, they are interested in learning instead of having that blank glazed look over their face knows that you've actually helped them a little bit and then if you could give a tip for people who are entering in future years what would it be oh um let's why don't you start with tom i'll think on that yeah. <laughs> um don't be discouraged if you don't win the first time you got to just keep trying nothing worth doing is is easy so and there's no harm in not getting in you can submit as many times as you want year after year and and that's it so why not keep trying and then where can people find you uh, dandosantos.com and I also partake in a blog called muddycolors.com which is focused on free art education for aspiring fantasy artists. You can find my fantasy art at tomwoodfantasyart.com and you can find my advertising commercial artwork at meridiandesignworks.com. Hi, I'm Laura Rodian Fries Baraja and I'm a quarterly judge in the L. Ron Hubbard's Illustrators of the Future Contest. And how many years have you been judging? Since 1995. What would you say is different this year or what was new this year? 
Well, for one thing, because we didn't have one last year because of the pandemic, and now we're sort of doubling up with awards for both volume 36 and 37 at the same time. So that is definitely different. And what kind of advice would you give people who are entering in the future? I have to repeat what my late husband, Frank Kelly Fries, the Dean of Science Fiction Illustration, who was the contest coordinating judge for the first seven years. Young people come up and they ask him, Mr. Fries, what advice can you give me starting out as a new illustrator? And all he says is, take care of your teeth. <laughs> where do you get your inspiration? I hate to say where do you get your ideas, but what inspires you? How do you refill your creative well? You have to understand the difference between a fine artist and an illustrator. They are not the same. They have things in common. They can both paint and draw, but the source of inspiration is very, very different. Whereas the fine artist, the inspiration comes from inside their head. The job of the illustrator, on the other hand, is to communicate the meaning and the words of the author of the manuscript that they are illustrating. And they have to submerse themselves in the meaning of it and produce something that's just evocative and immediate and raises questions but never answers too much. So that's where the inspiration for an illustrator comes from, is from the author. Awesome. Well, my also is like, you know, you could be you know, working at McDonald's. This is not something you, you have to do to make money. So I always ask, you know, what keeps it fun, I guess, is the best word. Usually you'll get a call from a publisher. Are you available to you know, do this job and say, sure, send the manuscript. Let me have a look at it. And you read it first for the sheer pleasure of being a reader. Then you read it a second time. Start getting ideas, what you think might be an evocative image for this story. And then you go back and read it a third time, make sure you haven't left out any details or missed anything important. And then where can people find you? If you look at kellyfreeze.com, K-E-L-L-Y-F-R-E-A-S.com, you will find me there. The ceremony, as mentioned, covered both 2020 and 2021. And while many of the winners couldn't be there due to travel restrictions, there are plenty that I didn't get a chance to interview. What follows are some excerpts from acceptance speeches I felt were worth sharing. First up, Heather A. Lawrence, illustrator for A Word That Means Everything. Ever since I was five, I knew I wanted to be an artist. And I saw the illustrations in the books and the media around me, and I thought, the world is a better place because of this beauty that's there. And I wanted to be the person who was creating those awesome, inspiring illustrations. Next, illustrator Madeline Locke with a great story as to why she ended up submitting to this contest. So, I actually got to know Joni through the Dragon Con art show several years ago. And a couple of years ago, I turned around and bam, there she was, right? Right in my face. She gave me that look, y'all know that look. And she goes, Madeline, why have I not seen your submission? Y'all, the woman is relentless. So... <laughs> Clearly, I did get my submission in, and I'm really glad that I did, because I am so honored to be a part of this organization and this contest. In my article, I quoted part of writer Luke Wildman's speech for winning How to Steal the Blot Armor, but I wanted to include it in the audio as well. Well, I finally found my way up here, but there were a few rough years there. There were years when I was working 
in factories and working in cubicles and writing soulless marketing posts. And there were also times when I was sitting by my mom's hospital bed while she was going through cancer treatments. So during those times, every now and then, I would get an email from Joni telling me that I had won another honorable mention um, or a silver honorable mention. And those just gave me that little bit of hope that I needed to keep on with my writing. Up next is illustrator Ayung Javier, who I'm just going to let speak on her own. I am deeply honored to be able to stand on this stage tonight. This still hasn't really hit me yet. It's kind of mind-blowing for me, so I'm trying to still process it. I'm very grateful to be a part of this contest and to be able to meet all of these wonderful writers and illustrators as well. And I would like to just say thank you to my family for supporting me for so long. If not for them, I would not continue to be an illustrator. If not for them, I wouldn't be able to stand on this stage. So thank you very much. An Lee, who was also the 2020 Golden Brush Award winner, talked about his family moving to the U.S. in 2007 in his first acceptance speech. My parents and I came from Vietnam in 2007. And coming here, it was very hard for me to acclimate because I did not know any English. And the only thing that I could use to express my emotions and my creativity was to draw. And throughout the past 14 years, my parents have always been there to support my hobby. And as that hobby turned into a passion, they've always been there to encourage me to go after my dreams and go after my goals, because the reason they moved here was for me to have a chance at a better life, and I cannot thank them enough for that. And I'm just so grateful to be here in front of all of you and to be a part of this incredible event. Thank you. Jennifer Bruce, who illustrated the story Death of a Time Traveler, also thanked her parents. And thank you to my parents who have supported and uh, partially funded my art education. I'm sure that not all parents would be willing to help their daughter become a starving artist, but they did. (laughs) So thank you for that. The last acceptance speech I'm pretty much putting in whole because it's just golden. C. Winspear, who was the Golden Pen Award winner for Volume 36, is from Australia and so had to record a speech. Here it is. G'day, g'day from Australia, from across the Pacific. The Golden an award! Crazy! Whoa. I, uh, it's probably good this is recorded because I am going to be an co- incomprehensible mess right now. I will be running around my little room, so excited. I'll be pulling out my novel from the trunk and I'll be giving it a good quick clean before I email all of you. All of you, you're going to get one. It's, uh, um, I, it's, I'm just going to be incomprehensible. So thank you. Thank you thousand times and this is not just uh, an encouragement for me personally this is of course encouragement for my fellow writers here in Australia and across the world we're a little bit further from the from the buzz of sci-fi and fantasy which tends to be you know New York and U- I guess US focused um, so thank you this is this is huge encouragement um, and I'm sure my fellow Sydney writers like Harry Goddard and Zoe Knowles and and Layla Norsheen who gave me some great advice on this story so big thanks to her um, I'm sure they're going to be winning their own awards soon enough. Uh, and of course, I have to thank, um, you know, my parents. And I want to, I want to actually congratulate two of the other authors who are in the anthology this year. A great company, and I, I look forward to defining 
the future of sci-fi and fantasy with you guys. So yes, there's nothing like this competition. There's nothing in this time where it's getting increasingly harder to get you know, a short story or a novel published. Like just, just celebrates new talent the way that this contest does. So thank you a thousand times. Thank you to Author Services and, and the big man Elrond Hubbard for starting this award. Um, I hope that some other famous authors soon start their own awards. No pressure. No pressure, but it'd be great to keep fostering new talent like this, keep the conversation going, keep everything alive, um, and, and just enjoy science fiction and fantasy as much as we all enjoyed it growing up. Um, continue, that, continue that fire. So thank you, thousand thank yous. I look forward to seeing you all next year or as soon as I can. Mwah! Wow. Imagine if he'd been here. Finally, I want to end with an excerpt from the keynote speech by Toni Weisskopf. She talks about the current state of science fiction and where she wants it to go from here. And let me tell you, there has never been a better time to be involved with science fiction. Science fiction won <laughs> at the box office, on TV, in popular culture of all kinds. IKEA is using robots to sell furniture. <laughs> and somehow rockets sell mortgages. I don't know how. But. <laughs> There is an actual company called iRobot. It's not just a book title from Isaac Asimov. Our biggest billionaires are true believers. Jeff Bezos collects science fiction art and is a science fiction fan. Elon Musk is too. Even Senator Ted Cruz quotes Star Trek. <laughs> but there is a downside to all of that. Back in the day, there was a sense that we, those of us who read and wrote and illustrated and published and reviewed SF and chopped cheese and threw parties, that we were all in this together. It was, to quote a fanish trope, a proud and lonely thing to be a fan. Well, we have lost the lonely, and some of us might say we are on the way to losing the proud part too, but we don't have to. We. All of us here, the bright stars of the future, together with your experienced judges and workshop coaches, we are a community. And in my 50 or so years of being part of this community, I've come to the conclusion that science fiction is a conversation. Science fiction is a literature of ideas, and ideas were made to be shared. So understand that when I say SF, this is a large umbrella. It covers multitudes. There is room for everybody here. That's not an accident. The people who make up the community of science fiction have always been inclusive and have always been generous of spirit. One of the things we do well as a community is pay it forward. L. Ron Hubbard created Writers of the Future to pay it forward. Our culture was one of inclusion. The only criteria needed to join, enjoy science fiction. That's it, boom, there's your secret handshake, you're in. And I have seen that personally in action for over 40 years. My point being, there is no need to be ashamed of where you come from. It's okay to be proud of the community that you belong to and that you all contribute to. So lift each other up, share your experiences with newer writers and artists, just as the writers and illustrators of the future have helped you. Keep the chain of pay it forward going. 
Include everyone in your futures. Keep the conversations going. And most importantly, be proud to tell your tales of brave knights and heroic courage and show competent good people solving problems. And if that's not how you work, show the dark side of if this goes on. Show us where we don't want to go. But mostly, lift each other's up. Let your words lift each other up. Make our futures brighter, not darker. We're going to need it. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks to everyone at the ceremony for letting me interview them. Thanks also to Kevin J. Anderson for the Geek Out Mids show plug. You can hear me interview him on episode 28. Still working on what will be my next episode, but it's likely to be a one-on-one interview. From one-on-one interviews to red carpets and conventions to roundtable discussions, I bring you a little bit of everything. After all, contents may vary. Thanks for listening to Contents May Vary. The theme song is Schoolyard Haze by Yari Pitnikin, available via the Free Music Archive. More information about the podcast is available on my website, angiefsutton.com. <laughs>